Hello, cat people, and hello, dog people. This is Let's Get For Real, a podcast all about cats and dogs and what they mean to us. My name is Susan Michaels, and I'm the creator of CatCon and Cat Art Show, the two biggest events in the world celebrating pets and pop culture. On this week's episode, we have a woman that I admire greatly, the actress and comedian Wendy McClendon Covey. You may know her from a bevy of different roles. She has been in A Bridesmaid with fellow groundlings Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. She also plays Deputy Clementine Johnson on Reno 911, which you can now see on Quibi. And for the last seven seasons, soon to be eight, she has played the matriarch extraordinaire Beverly Goldberg on The Goldbergs. In case you're not familiar with The Goldbergs, it is the epitome of 80s chic. It is the perfect homage to all things roller skating, shoulder pads, feathered hair, crimping, you name it, they got it. Wendy's role as Beverly, she has the most phenomenal 80s sweaters you've ever seen. Rhinestones, sequins, bright colors, muted colors, various shades of purple. She is, she's always got the best and most perfect feathered hair. She really rules the roost. Her home is her castle, or as I like to say, she's in charge of the smothership. She is also a fan of jazzercise. And I wouldn't be surprised if Beverly had a bedazzler. If you don't know what a bedazzler is, look it up. In terms of her animals, Wendy is, she loves all animals, but she skews feline, 100%. She has six cats currently at the moment. Maybe there's more now. I don't know. I talked to her last week. It could be more. She has had many cats in her past. Uh, She has been married to a human named Greg for 24 years, also a cat guy. She knew he was a cat guy right from the get-go because he had a cat. And she is an animal advocate. She's very candid on this episode about the jobs she's had, what she's been blessed with. And again, she is somebody that I think is just an amazing lady, a great sense of humor, and an animal lover through and through. So with that, I give you Wendy McClendon Covey. Wendy, thank you for joining us on Let's Get For Real today. I'm honored. Um, I was going to actually feather my hair for you as an homage to the Goldbergs getting picked up for another season. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. But I, I would not expect you to go to all that trouble. Well, it really is a lot of trouble. You know, I was watching a few episodes yesterday and I did realize that I had stolen some things from Beverly's closet. A stretchy belt right around the rib cage. It really uh, defines your waist. Yes, 100%. (laughs) Throw some shoulder pads on with that and you are ready to take on the world. Thinking back on that and all of her sweaters. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, there was a point when I not only wore one pair of shoulder pads, I sometimes put two pairs in. Sometimes it's necessary. Yeah. You know, you really want to, you want to elevate the outfit. And sometimes you got to have those hard right angles that only 
shoulder pads can provide. Yes, yes. And, you know, if you Google, which you probably have done before, but Beverly Goldberg sweaters. Oh, I don't need to Google those. I'm right up close and personal with oh. those awful synthetic things all the time. <laughs> but, you know, I found a really cool one. I'll send it to you afterwards. I found an amazing purple one. But it, it, literally, if you go to Etsy mm. and you type in Beverly Goldberg sweaters, a cornucopia comes up. I will pass that on to the costume department. <laughs> Before we get into your cat pride. Yes. Um, you have your own podcast going down as of late. Can you talk about that? Generation Ripe is a podcast for teenagers over 40. And what that means is Listen, I just turned 50 this year and I sure don't feel it. And I love it. Like, I love getting older. 40 was a revelation for me. My 40s were really good. 50s are going to be even better. And I just don't subscribe to the misery that some people are just determined to have around getting older. I love it. My 20s were terrible. I would never go back there if I didn't you know, luckily I'm never going to have to, but I'm just yeah. saying like, if I have the option, hell no, I wouldn't go back. So me and, and one of my very best friends, D Fernando Zaremba, we kind of feel the same way. Like we feel like we're 18, but we're older. And so we're less self-conscious. So we're more apt to try things and fail because it doesn't matter. No one's thinking about us that much. So why not just try, have fun, embrace your age and so we're we're getting guests on who also feel the same way, who even after the age of 50 are still taking gambles on themselves and winning and trying new things because I have longevity in my family. Like I could feasibly live to 105. Mm -hmm. so that's a whole 55 more years. How do I want that to go? I don't want to be bored talking about my aches and pains and, you know, lamenting getting older, that's so boring. I, I just don't believe in it. So that's what that podcast is all about. Well, also, you know, we live in a town that there is uh, still quite, quite prevalent ageism. There is. And yet, yes, me and some of my friends, like we work more now than we did when we were younger. Right. And I think the thing is, is when you embrace it and you stop trying to be the ingenue and embrace the character actress, part of your life, you're going to work all the time. Yeah. We all need a mom and an aunt and a congressman. You know what I mean? Like I didn't work that much in my twenties. So that to me, like, I just can't tell that line. That was not my truth. And I right. know plenty of other people that it wasn't their truth. Now I will say that if you make it big, when you're young, people kind of expect you to always stay that way because that's how you imprint it on them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if, if you don't embrace your age gracefully and you just keep trying to get that facelift and do all those things and keep yourself young forever, that's not going to go well. So you really do have to lean into it and embrace it and say, yep, here I am. Here I am. I got wrinkles. What are you going to do about it? Right. What time would you like me to show up with my wrinkles? Right. You know? Exactly. I mean, you get to time travel enough on the Goldbergs. Yes. I'm fine. I, I don't want to play the young, stupid ingenue. <laughs> I mean, I didn't start my cat convention 
CACON until I was almost 50. Wow. And, and did you have any idea how successful that was going to be? No, you know, I mean, I, I was working, I, I worked at E for 12 years, uh, working on shows like the Kardashians and life from the carpet. I did promos for them for many years. That's, that's a pressure cooker job. And I love my job, but, um, I had this love of cats and art and culture and all these different things. And I thought, you know what, I want to just sort of cook something up. And as I said, it was, it was time to do that jump. And it was really meow or never. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yes. <laughs> so with that, let's segue into <laughs> your cat pride. Okay. Why don't we start with you naming your various feline friends that you have right now? The oldest one we have is named Crash, and he came with that name. Apparently, there is a, a character in a video game named Crash Bandicoot, and he's an orange cat. And so that's what Crashy was named after. We adopted him when he was three years old. Um, we had just lost one of my precious, precious babies, Carmen. She had cancer and, and uh, went to heaven. And like three days later, I found myself in a Petco. And I never go into those stores. That's my husband's job. And I found myself wandering into this Petco and then there was Crash vibing me. And I was drawn to him. And I went and asked uh, one of the volunteers, can I please just talk to this cat for a second? I just wanna, I just wanna see him. Cut to, I am on the phone with my husband saying, can you come here? I think we need to adopt this cat. So he showed up and he's like, I don't know. Our hearts were broken because of Carmen, but this cat really, this was our cat. You know how it is when you get chosen by an animal and you just have to, you have to do it. You have to do it. So um, we brought him home and he's been an absolute lover, but that's how he had his name. Um, Obi-Wan was found wandering around on Western Avenue as a probably, I don't know, six week old kitten, just wandering around. Looking to get discovered. Looking to get discovered, but his eyes were crusted shut. Like he was a mess. Oh and one of my friends found him, nursed him back to health, but said, we can't keep him because our other cats don't like him. My husband and I were like, that's our cat. We took him home. And we, we named him Obi-Wan because of the forces with him, you see. Mm -hmm. A little kitty wandering around Western Avenue. I mean, that's that's a miracle that he was found. Yep, 100%. Wabi-sabi was found on the freeway hanging, like trying to crawl up a, um, a sound wall. And her little paws were stuck and one of her legs had to be amputated. Oh. So one of our friends saw this kitty on the freeway, pulled over, rescued her, nursed her back to health, got her leg amputated. But again, it was like, we can't have this animal. She's not vibing with our other animals. We took her in and we named her Wabi Sabi because she's perfectly imperfect. Oh. And then Mocha started showing up on our porch a year ago. We started seeing her on our Ring app on our porch, a Siamese cat. Well, I don't know if she was feral or if someone had her and then moved away. You know what I mean? Sometimes people are 
assholes like that. Sorry, I said it, but that's okay. Um, so anyway, she kept showing up and showing up. And I mean, I spent hours trying to get this kitty to trust me. I was outside on the porch in my pajamas, singing to this cat, trying to give her food, trying to get close to her. It paid off, but then it became obvious that she was pregnant. Mm. You know, again, this is a cat that's outside. We can't bring her in with our vaccinated cats. We don't know what's going on. We can't get a rescue group to help us because they are slammed in the spring. Right. With new rescues and all of this. So they just said, you know what? Keep feeding her. Keep building up trust. And she will bring her kittens to you when the time is right. Well, Cinco de Meow Meow, she shows up not pregnant anymore. Mm. And we're like, oh my God, where did you have this litter? Mm -hmm. There's coyotes all over our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I was terrified. Five weeks go by. I am crawling through bushes, like jumping over fences into neighbors' yards, looking for these kittens. I was an absolute insane woman. But the fifth week, beginning of the fifth week, she starts bringing her kittens over. She got them as close as the neighbor's yard. And I, you know, jumped the fence and started grabbing kittens and handing them through the fence to my husband. And, and we got them, all six of them. And Carmen, uh, not Carmen, Mocha, because she looks like a latte. So that's what I named her. She couldn't have been a year old herself when she had these kitties. So we got her spayed as soon as we possibly could. We nursed all the kitties to health and we didn't want to give them away too early. I know a lot of people will give them away at eight weeks, but it's not great for them to be spayed and neutered then. You want to wait four months apparently, which I did not know. She had six kittens, four of them were adopted out. They're doing great. And then we kept two of the kittens. So one of them is named Cotton after a character on King of the Hill named Cotton. And the other one's name is Gerber because he just looked like the Gerber baby to me. Oh. Anyway, that's a long, long story, but that's how, how we name them. So you're firmly entrenched in the feline world. Have you ever gone the other way with the dog set? No, and not, not that I don't love dogs. I adore dogs and I wish we could have them. It's just that we've always been picked by cats. They gravitate to us. We gravitate to them. But I, I do see a day when we have dogs. It's just we need we need a bigger yard, I think, for that. Do they all sleep with you? Uh, yeah, not all the time, but they sometimes they allow us in the bed. <laughs> sometimes they allow you in the bed. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you've been married now for 24 years. It'll be 24 years in August. Yeah. Did you know when you met your husband that he was a cat man? Did you guys have that in common? I did know that. In fact, on one of our first dates, um, my husband made me dinner because he's that kind of a guy. And I came over and he had this sickly elderly cat. <laughs> I bent over to pet the cat. He goes, oh, don't, don't touch, don't touch him. He's very sick. He's very old. He'll he'll uh, make a mess all over the place. Just, just let him hang out. And all of his cats, they all lived to be over 17 years old. Like he had magic with animals. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times from when I started CatCon, 
I've heard many times people ask me, what do you think about guys with cats? And I'm like, well, what's your question? Yeah. And there's they're just like with the cat lady, there is a stigma attached to being a cat guy, I think. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the difference between being a cat woman and like a cat lady? Or do you think there's a difference? All I can say is just, just lean right into it. You know, I, I don't know if there's a difference really, if it's just a matter of you uh, have the presence of mind to take a lint roller over all your clothes the minute you walk out the door or something. I don't know what that is. I always the person that's covered in cat hair. And if someone wants to call me a crazy cat lady, that's fine. Who am I to deny it? I love cats. I'm not going to apologize for that. And if I have a living thing in my house, I'm going to smooch on it. I'm going to sleep with it in my bed. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to apologize. So stigma away. And, you know, I'm sure there are people out there that stigmatize cat men. But I think there's nothing cuter to me than a big old man with a little kitty. Yeah, for sure. That has him wrapped around her paw. Oh, you know, I was thinking about that show, Comedians in Cars Having Coffee. And I realized there's a lot of comedians with cats that cuddle. Mm -hmm. So like your co-star, Patton, is a big cat man. Yes, he is. For example, do you guys uh, ever trade cat stories? We don't. I don't get to see Patton that often. I figured you didn't, but I do. But I, I um, see his Instagram and his wife, who is the sweetest thing in the world. She is just in love with their cat and posts constantly about that sweet little critter. And um, and I know Patton's a good guy. Like he's a big softy, and I I love that. I find that so endearing when when people are. Um, are animal people in general, whether it's a cat or a dog or a, or a guinea pig or whatever, if you, if you can allow yourself to be touched in the heart by a sweet creature, you're a good person, you know? Yeah. And I think that, you know, we right now, as we are still in sort of stay at home, at least in Los Angeles, uh, mm -hmm. my animals, I have a cat and a dog have really been such wonderful solace to me. Yeah. And I think that um, people need to know that unconditional love that they can provide um, uh, at any time. But but now the comfort of animals in, in sort of in a time of crisis is crucial. I'm sure yeah. you've been getting in some extra cuddles, snuggles. Oh, I'm downright desperate for the snuggles right now. And unfortunately, a few of my cats understand that I'm desperate and they don't like that. Well, that's a cat. <laughs> they, feel, they feel that neediness and they're kind of like, hey, lady, back up. You know, the young ones that are not, that are kind of new to this whole thing. But my, um, my older ones are, are ready. They know the drill. They know, okay, mama needs some, some soothing right now. Let's just cuddle up to her and spoon for a while. Yeah, totally, totally. I think that's the challenge with cats versus dogs too, is that, you know, dogs can be, and like I said, I go both ways. I've got yeah. a cat and a dog, but dogs mm -hmm. are, can be very needy, but cats can be very blasé. Yeah, very aloof. Very aloof, very apathetic. Yeah. I know you've, you've always had cats in the past. When you sent me the names of your cats, I, I have to ask about this one. 
Mm-hmm. Frappus? Yes. He came to us with that name. Again, we adopted him when he was three or four. And I don't know what that name means, but that's what he came to us with. And oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, to change it. I thought there was some sort of hidden meaning to that, but. No. He was left with a cat sitter. Some Some girl left him with a cat sitter and then they never heard from her again. And the cat sitter was like, okay, this cat's been with me for several years and I need to move. So we took the kitty and we loved him. He was so sweet. Our first cat as a married couple together. Oh, that's so nice. And in terms of your husband and, and his role in the cat community within your home, has he brought home anybody in the past and just said, this is it, we've got this one? Yep, yeah, he has. He came home one day, he was just completely beside himself. He said, I just saw a cat, a Scottish fold at Petco in a cage. That's our cat. Can we get it? I said, of course. What am I going to deny you? Go get the kitty. Of course. <laughs> you know, he makes good decisions. We're, we're on the same page always. And like, if he wants to bring home a cat, a dog, a miniature horse. I'm never going to say no. The more, the merrier. Do you have a yard for a miniature horse? No, but I have a spare bedroom for a miniature horse. There you go. You just put down some <laughs> some turf. Yeah, I'll take him for walks. Some walks. That yeah. would be a good idea. <laughs> I noticed that um, it looks like Reno 911 is doing quite well on Quibi these days. What did that resurgence sort of feel like when that came your way? You know, there'd always been talk about having a reunion for that show, but, you know, the years went by and I'm kind of superstitious. So when things go on too long, after a while, I just think, no, it's bad luck to go back. You can't, you can't revisit this. But when the Quibi format was proposed and, you know, Quibi, for those who don't know, means quick bites, it seemed like, oh, wow, that would be a good format for this show, which is mostly sketches anyway. So I thought, you know what, if they can work with my schedule, of course I'm going to do it because I was shooting the Goldbergs at the time Mm -hmm. and they did work with my schedule and it was really, really fun. And I'm so fortunate that I, that I got to do it. And oddly enough, we finished that show and the Goldbergs about a week before the shutdown. Oh my God. So we're lucky that we got that in the can. I'm, I'm very blessed. I, I wake up every day knowing how lucky I am that, um, that I get to do this for a living and that, that we managed to get all that in under the wire because right now we need to laugh and we need to laugh really hard and we need diversions that take us out of our reality right now. So, Have you heard anything as far as when you, can, you might go back for anything? Um, one day at a time. Yeah, one day at a time. We usually go back for the Goldbergs in August. So right now it all seems like, okay, we, we could do that feasibly. It's going to look a lot different. You know, we're probably going to be handed a huge notebook full of guidelines. Yeah. And that's fine. Uh, so right now that is on deck, you know, to start in August as for everything else. I have no idea. I, at this point, 
should have at least finished one movie I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, the deck has been reshuffled. And again, right. we've all had to say goodbye to some things. So right. that's okay. My situation is not unique. I'm sitting here talking to you for a reason. I'm sitting here under quarantine with lots of time on my hands for a reason. So it's, I got to figure out what that is. And I've got to use my time wisely and um, do some soul searching, you know, like we all do. So I'm trying to like get all my stuff together uh, mentally and, <laughs> and uh, you know, do a lot of nesting right now so that when it is time to hit the ground running again, I don't have any regrets about how I spent my time. Yeah, it's hard. I had a lot of things that I wanted to do and now I'm starting to do just baby steps because it was too much. Yeah. Too much. Like I'm going to do this and I'm going to take a course in uh, Photoshop and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get my law degree. You know, sure. I'm going to write the great American novel and get, come out of this with three fully realized screenplays. No, I'm not. I'm going to clean my closets. Yes. But I'm not going to pick up sculpting. How, I, I think, um, how do you think the Goldbergs would do in a COVID lockdown? Oh my gosh. I think the kids would beat the crap out of each other. I think there would be so many fights and skirmishes just because like every family, when you're locked down together and you don't have the option of getting out, <laughs> you know, things bubble to the surface, but I think Jeff Garland would never put pants on again. Yeah. I think, I think we'd all have to watch that. Now, I don't know about how you grew up, but my dad was pantsless all the time. Um, like, it was embarrassing. Like, Dad, come on. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, not to the extent of what Jeff does and, you know, walking through the front door and just pulling down the pants and stepping out. But And I, that I was say, true. Mr. Goldberg really did do that. The pants were next to the door. Now, my dad in real life at least made it to the bedroom to take his pants off. I think that Beverly would really benefit from, I think the rest of the family would be probably dog, but I think Beverly might be team cat. I think she would be team whatever showed her affection whatever animal would allow her to dress them in a little costume. That might be a dog then, because I yeah. think there might be more control there. Yeah. I think she might be frustrated with the independence of a cat, come to think of it. <laughs> because it's really hard to get a cat into those outfits. I mean, do you dress up your cats? Yes. And some of them are just like, do whatever you're going to do to me. And others are just like, hey, what are you... How dare you? I'm going to scratch your your eyes out. So every Christmas, I try to get them in a little outfit to, you know, take pictures of. It never lasts more than 30 seconds. We don't torture them, you know. Halloween, we usually do a little video of them in outfits, but if they're miserable, we don't we don't push it. Like Gerber will not wear anything and we honor that. It sounds like something with that many cats like it could be a picture out of awkward family photos. Oh, of course. Of course. I, I try to do a um, Halloween fashion parade every year of them, you know, running around in different outfits. And sometimes it's successful. And sometimes there's a lot of screaming involved. <laughs> 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 nah. Have you ever 
ever tried to um, take them for a walk, any of them? Are there any walkers? You know what? We tried putting a leash or a, they're not called leashes. What are they called? Harnesses. We tried that with one of our cats and she laid down and would not move. And then that's as far as we went. But one of one of Mocha's other kittens lives in in Arizona and walks on a leash and is like the town adventure cat. Everybody knows him and everybody has treats for him and he'll walk on a leash and he'll sit in a backpack. Excellent. I mean, he's a really good little traveler, but the rest won't do it and I don't want to push it. It sounds like your kitty is really the cock of the walk. Yeah, and I was surprised because um, I thought he would be the hardest one to adopt out because he was so shy. But when I presented him to his new mama, we opened the cage. He walked out and looked at her like, oh, there you've been all my life. It was love from the first second, and I've never seen anything like it. I couldn't even cry because it was like, how can I deprive these two of a relationship? Like, of course he's got to go with her. And within 10 minutes, they were sending me pictures of the two of them just in love, just snuggled up with each other. It was, it was so beautiful. Oh, do you see yeah. pictures sent your way? Yes. Yes. I make sure they send me pictures. All the new cat parents of Mocha's kids. I, I want to keep in touch. Now, you know, I, um, people may or may not know that you were part of the Groundlings for a long time with your fellow bridesmaids like Kristen Wig and Melissa McCarthy. Mm -hmm. I think Melissa also has a cat. Do you still occasionally do improv? You know, I wish I could go back there more often than I do and do shows. I did one Thanksgiving weekend. That was the last time I did a show an improv show and it was so much fun, but um, yeah, I, I don't get to do many improv shows, but I do use my improv skills a lot. Right. Not on the Goldbergs, but again, Reno 911 is completely improvised. So I use those skills a lot. <laughs> so in terms of charity affiliations, I wanted to talk a little bit about getting back to the, the animal side of things. I always like to talk to people about certain um, groups that they like to talk about and why. And you had mentioned that Friends of, of Long Beach Animals is mm -hmm. somebody that, or a group that you um, mentioned. My husband sits on the board of that group and what they do is they support lots of other local charities. So when there's an animal rescue group that needs to have a vet bill paid. Friends of Long Beach Animals has the funds to do that. Or someone who is, you know, a senior in the community and very low income, but they need, you know, support for their emotional support animal or their seeing eye dog or whatever. Friends of Long Beach Animals, they, they kind of are the um, financial support arm for lots of other charities local charities, but we also support, you know, the SPCA adopted a lot of our cats from there over the years. Lots, like I said, lots of smaller places and lots of national places. And it's not just cats that we support, but you know, places like the gentle barn that have programs for 
inner city kids or whatever. Um, PETA, we support. I'm not a vegan. And a lot of people assume that because we support PETA, but they're also about, you know, anti-cruelty to animals. So if you are going to eat meat, can't that animal be allowed to turn around in its cage? You know, can't they be cage free? Can't they um, eat decent food and not be tortured? You know what I mean? So we support them in that way. And, and they're also about spaying and neutering, which is so important. I don't understand why we have not completely picked up on that message yet because the more dogs and cats out there that are born that don't that aren't able to find good homes they have to go somewhere and sometimes they have to be destroyed and that makes that's sickening yeah but it doesn't have to be that way yeah and and, and where we live in southern california because it's warm so much of the year um, for people that are listening, you know, there's typically a kitten season, which is like May to September, but in LA, it's really February to November um, yeah. <laughs> because it's it's just, we've been blessed with such nice weather and the, the feral population in Los Angeles is enormous. Um, it's enormous and there's no way to find homes for all those animals. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing about right now is that you know a lot of the shelters have been emptied because of the virus. The people have seen the benefit of having an animal at home. Mm -hmm. But just because they're empty doesn't mean that they don't have operational costs. Yeah, you know, and just because they're empty doesn't mean they're going to stay empty. Exactly that too. That too. Mm -hmm. And and to your point about the Long Beach, the Friends of Long Beach, I think it's so important. You know, when it would like when an animal has to go in for emergency and you don't care that they say the estimate is two thousand dollars. OK, yeah, you do what you do because it's this beloved little animal. And I think that um, organizations like that, you know, shelters are super important. But those other organizations that help low income people or mm -hmm. emergency funding or grants are are just as important as emptying the shelters. Yeah, absolutely. Are you thinking about getting any more cats now? Right now, I think we're at capacity. I mean, six, that's a lot, all indoors. Yeah. But we will always have animals in our lives. And look, if we get chosen again, or there's there's just a great need and, and something that is just obviously meant for us, of course, we're not gonna turn our backs. But six is a lot <laughs> to have in the house, so. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And that is it for my conversation with Wendy McClendon Covey. Wasn't she amazing? She has such prowess as a speaker. I had to get a cat pun in there. I had to. That is it for this episode of Let's Get For Real. You can find us online and on social media at Let's Get For Real. And we'd love to hear from you and see how you and your pets are doing. You can email us at hello at letsgetforreal.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast whenever you get a chance. Our team for this epic podcast includes Avishai Artsy, Roxana Dunlop, and me, Susan Michaels. See you next time. And don't forget to stay safe and hug your pets.